I always uh, get uncomfortable when people get in the, a crowded elevator and face away oh. from the door oh. and face you. <laughs> oh my God. If I ever experienced that, you've never experienced I'd that? start crying. Oh God. <laughs> every, oh God. you yeah. want, you want like every, yeah. every elevator ride to be like the Blair Witch Project. When you yeah. come in, everybody's just facing the right. wall. Oh right. And the perimeter. I mean, that's yeah. ideal. <laughs> no but one. Face the door, like turn around. Right. But when they won't, it's suddenly like you and all these strangers you were riding mm-hmm. on the elevator with against that one person. Yeah. Everyone and no in one there, will make eye yeah. contact. Everyone in there is like, look at this fucking guy. Welcome to another episode of Inferior Men, the podcast that brings you all things business from two complete failures. That's me. And that's me. Hey, Chris. How you doing, Steve? Good. How are you? I'm good. We're back. We're, we're, we're back. back. We're, we're like, we're at the home base. Yeah. We did a little bit of traveling. We ran around Chicago a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we had to spread our wings a little bit, mm-hmm. but we're back. You know, we're back where we we uh, it's nice. laid our we laid our roots, our foundation. It's nice. It's like when you play cops and robbers as a kid, and you go to home base. Did you ever play cops and robbers? No. You're old. You played. You keep saying that. Today. <laughs> I'm not that much older than you. But you never played cops and robbers. What did you play when you were a kid? Well, usually I would just like smack a, a tire around with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, I knew it. You didn't have video games back then. Didn't you live on a farm? We lived off a farm, yeah. Off a farm? You know what I actually did when I was a kid? I, we, uh, I would go in the backyard and just dig holes. <laughs> would you bury, like, dead animals in it? No. Oh. I just would, like, I just wanted to, like, di- Like, I just had a little shovel, and I'd go in the backyard and just dig. Are you, are you, is this a joke? No, this isn't a joke. <laughs> and that, well, because the, the thing was, like, when, when I was a kid, yeah. we built our house, or my, you know, my parents did mm-hmm. and there was like when they laid the foundation there were big piles of dirt mm-hmm. and so it was just like instead of having a sandbox i had these big piles of dirt and i would just dig like dig holes into them wow there is a lot to process there but Let's just unfortunately on, that's not in our our set list today <laughs> <laughs> but i want to get back to you digging holes we'll as a child. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. It, yeah. Um, but no, we have a, a brand new episode. We got uh, another guest on the show, Chris. Yeah, we're really happy to uh, invite today Jess Defina. Jess Defina. Hi, guys. Yeah. Happy to be here. But not just that. Uh, Jess has been our friend for a while now. Yeah, yeah. And, and she has some really great stories, too, to share with we us. We have today. great so stories. We really want to have her on. Um, so you had a dance studio. Mm hmm. That did not work out. No. It didn't work out. <laughs> and we thought how fitting that was with, you know, like the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris failing, me failing. Mm-hmm. Me. And now. you failing. Yes. Big time. Let's all come together. Yeah. Let's let's embrace yeah. failure. Yeah, let's let's put our heads together today. That's what we thought. Before we get into that though, Steve shared this article with me. Yeah. And and we would love to hear uh, your take on this too, Jess. Right. Okay. Um and so all I'm going to say is, Steve, oh, banana? Yeah, oh, banana. Boy. So y'all know Halloween. I'm familiar. Y'all know what Halloween is. <laughs> yes. 
and uh, y'all know costumes. Mm-hmm. Now, are you familiar the with the banana costume? Uh, yes. I am also familiar with the banana costume. I've had, let me tell you, I bought a Halloween costume as a banana in college and wore it for no less than five years. You got some mileage. I got some mileage. That. You knew that. Uh-huh. You knew that. You mean you wore it every, you wore it every Halloween? All because you know why? It was $50. That's a lot of money for, for a banana for, costume. For, for a kid, for like an 18-year-old kid, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but so I invested wisely. Mm-hmm. I saw an article the other day about that there's some major copyright lawsuits happening with just the banana costume. Okay, well, yeah. how so? So Silvertop Associates, they're a costume manufacturer that does business with a wholesale, one of those wholesale uh, costume stores called Rasta and Pasta, which is a great name. Uh, <laughs> they sued Kmart. And Sears, like last Wednesday, uh, on copyright infringement, trade dress infringement, and unfair competition on the banana costume. Now, can I clarify? Yeah. Can I ask for some clarification yeah. here? Yeah, sure. Um, when you say the banana costume, is this like an iconic banana or is it just a generic so it's, banana yeah. suit? Yeah, so this is why this is ridiculous, is because okay. how do you copyright? A banana. Mm. Well, how how can what if there was a banana farm, right? And they're like, you can't sell your bananas in Whole Foods because we've already copy, copyrighted what this banana looks like. Your banana looks like my banana. Your banana. Your apple looks like my apple. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, there was a there was a, a quote. Someone was quoted saying, "Kmart is not free to simply appropriate Rasta and Pasta's intellectual property for its own business advantage without Rasta and Pasta's consent." I also wouldn't be too concerned about a lawsuit from Kmart. I would just wait that one out. Yeah, they're they're going to go out of business soon enough. Yeah. Well, I love that it's Kmart and Sears. Both yeah. are just Aww, well, they well Sears guys. owns Kmart, so um, so it's one of the company's most important costumes. This is why this whole uh, copyright lawsuit is happening. The banana costume is the most popular. You'll see it in marathons. You'll see it in pub crawls. Name an event and you would probably see a banana costume there. It's as popular as the uh, the one piece. Oh, like the all green yeah. thing that they had on like, you know, it's always sunny. Yeah, and so in the past, there's been a lot of lawsuits on costumes, including the Power Rangers You'll see a lot of Power Rangers out there with like that one piece. Oh, right. And people just fight and fight over them. How do you feel? I mean, again, how can you copyright something that just is? Well, it, like, a tra- it's a natural object. You can't. Right. Are, I, we, are we playing like, are we just playing like legal battle game now? Yeah. Is that all? This, that's all this really is. This is what humans are doing right now. We're battling over Halloween costumes. So there's they, a, there's yeah. a trademark lawyer who is like it's not the subject it's not that the subject has to be original it's that the expression of the subject is original. This company is <laughs> this company is run by lawyers. This company is not like this isn't some like got, like mom and pop shop that's like we want to make banana costumes. It's a fucking lawyer that's like we're gonna go after people for copyright infringement. Right. We're gonna see if we can legally squeeze money from everybody. Right. That's it's, all this is. It's like people who buy URLs and just sell them or sue people. We over talked about that with Brad Kemp. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Ridiculous. Now, if you now I went on Amazon and there are a, a variation of banana costumes. Yeah, there's all some these that people are look peeled. like assholes in them too. Mm-hmm. There are some with dogs. There are dog banana costumes, Chris. Oh boy. There's dog banana costumes. Mm-hmm. So just want to repeat that. Um, so there's a T-shirt that just says this is my costume that is a banana. So there are fine lines between all of these like copyright laws. 
I just this seems like this just seems like sleazy legal battles. That's all it is. Well, it doesn't feel like nobody came up with an idea for a banana costume. Right. I mean somebody like probably at one point was like, I will make this. Yeah. Well, but, and someone made an apple costume, someone made an orange costume, but it didn't it didn't do well. Bananas though did well and they sunk their teeth in it. So the reason why What do they like how much money do they think they're really gonna get out so of this? So think about this. Every October, Halloween creates a billion dollars for retailers just on just dumb fucking costumes. Yeah, you get all those pop-up stores even. So Americans are expected to spend $9.1 billion oh, on Halloween-related items this year alone, including $3.4 billion on costumes, according to a survey from the National Retail uh, Federation and Prosper Insights and what Analytics, which in, is way too long. What if we by put the way. that into education? What if one year yeah. we're just like let's just put, let's instead of buying a costume this year, give that to your local school? Yeah, that right. would that would fix everything. Right, everything would be fixed. But but you know why? Everything. Why the, you know the why? universe would solve its problems if we didn't buy these stupid fucking costumes? A banana costume. Yeah, where our children are dying and stupid because of these fucking banana <laughs> yeah. costumes. Direct correlation. So costumes are purchased by 69% of Halloween shoppers, and all of them are expected to, on an average of $83 on Halloween stuff, such as candy, decoration, pumpkins, parties, and of course, banana suits. Banana suits. And this is why we get into these wacky fucking copyright laws and lawsuits. And I just spilled oh beer boy. all over the front. All <laughs> over. I think it's a perfect time to... Thanks, banana costumes. Let's, sh- let's uh, since we have Jess here, yeah. I, let's... You know, we want to kind of figure out a little bit more about like what your business was. Maybe you can kind of give us a quick rundown of, of what you were doing. Um, yeah, what happened? Know. I'm sorry. Every time you guys ask me about my business, I just want to start laughing. Why? Because it was so, it just was like so awful. Yeah. It, the, was the, it really? That's okay. The whole experience was tr- fucking traumatic. All right. Well, walk us through it. It was called okay. Shine On yes. Dance. Shine On Dance and Movement Studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically... Uh, just to describe the business to you in the most kind of black and white way, it was a dance and movement studio okay. for all ages. So I had programming, meaning like classes and events um, for kids as young as like 18 months to two years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all the way up to, I mean, I had some ladies in their 50s and 60s coming in for classes. Okay. And I'm um, sorry, I'm I'm not doing the proper uh, positioning on no, the you're microphone. All good. Um, and my big thing was that I wanted to be accessible for any level of uh, ability. Like, I wanted people that um, were complete beginners in terms of actually taking dance, like real dance classes at a studio, but yeah. they just love to dance um, all the way up to people who ha- were trained and really kind of knew what they were doing. But just to create a fun, laid back, low pressure, supportive environment for people who love to dance, no matter what. They and was are. this, was, is this a, a new type of idea within the, cause I don't know anything about dance studios in general. Like, is this mm-hmm. a different take on that type of, Yes. Okay. And I think I've I've discovered that it's a really really difficult one to oh, uh, be successful with because it's just hard to appeal to and cater to and really serve people of all different levels and have everyone end up being happy and fulfilled because if you are 
in let's say a, a class like a hip-hop class with someone who's super super inexperienced but they you know love to dance they're just like they they're good movers uh and then you've got at the other end of the spectrum someone who's trained you know experienced they've taken a lot of classes maybe they've just been out of it for a while you've got to like the choreography has to be not too challenging for that person that right. doesn't know what they're doing really and hasn't taken a lot of dance classes and that they don't feel totally freaked out. Yeah. But you can't make it so easy that the person with experience is bored or irritated that they've paid for this class. So That's you like ha- so yeah. unchallenging. You, you have some of these like insights now. Like what do you think would what does it take to have a successful dance studio do you think like if you just had like blank slate i can do it this way what do you mm-hmm. think it is um you've got to have a a really solid i would say have a really solid staff of teachers mm-hmm. who are not only good dance instructors but they're the people that that the people come into your studio they want to be around um, well, how many dan- how many instructors did you have? It was just you, it right? It was just me yeah. for a long time. Right. And then at the end, as I was just turning into a husk of a human being, mm-hmm. I was like, I should probably hire some people to yeah. help me with this. So I did hire a few um, instructors who were great, um, but it was kind of the business was dead at that point. So, so. what? So going back to my first question of like mm-hmm. what happened, was it just a matter of just like burning out like spread too thin I didn't with the do it right I didn't I thought I could do everything myself and yeah the reality is like you can't be the instructor and the maid and the accountant right. and the literally hundreds of different roles that you have to have you know to run a successful business you just one person physically emotionally mentally sure. cannot do it yeah so it definitely was um I got I got burned out and I I honestly just kind of realized just because you really really like dances I grew up dancing my whole life performing it's just a part of my identity it's a part of who I am it's mm-hmm. like something that I love more than anything those things don't always make great jobs because sure. there's a lot of struggle sure. that comes comes with it and um you don't just get to like teach dance classes that's right. actually the smallest part of it yeah that's is a teaching good point. dance classes it's a good point. um there's so much business to do that you that actually suffered for me i think and that was really sad so we uh i can relate to that because just being the artistic director for just a year mm-hmm. uh before the theater closed up you have to do schedule for 50 plus people mm-hmm. you have to make sure that the calendar of show events uh, that you have show events, that you have people committed, mm-hmm. that you have it all lined up for like 2017 year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to do meetings with different types of departments that we had. By the time you get to just like have fun with your cast, no, you don't it's care. The la- yeah, like, I, you're exhausted. I want to go home. You're exhausted. I'm like, yeah. I'm not thinking creatively at all. No, I'm doing all of these fucking logistics. And the funny thing is, that's like the most important thing too. That's why you like started as a leader. It. Like yeah. as a leader, you have to have that ability to interact with people and the ability to like to lead them right and and ha- and create an environment for them and a lot of times yeah you're just burning yourself out and that's well, that's exactly what happened to me too yeah, that's what i was gonna say what like to jess's point of like she started because like dancing was her identity mm-hmm. i wanted to be a funny haha clown <laughs> what what to do like what why why beer like what was 
the inspiration? You know, it's sort of, it's the way that I take, it's, that's my path through my life has always been like that. Like I was an artist that turned into a beer making artist that turned into a brewer that turned into a business of brewery. And now I'm on doing podcasts with you. You know, it's just like whatever, but what rock bottom to yeah. my life. But seriously, it, it, it comes down to like, I'm always just interested in things. Right. And so I never have ever defined my, and we've talked, we talked about this last episode with Brad. Yeah. The idea of Renaissance people or uh, whatever the terminology was from that article. Ugh, right. I'm it was, so, I'm so oh, like multi, that. And I'm multi so potentialites. Multi potentialites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The, uh, the idea that like we no longer take, we no longer focus anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that we sort of have multiple um, passions that are running simultaneously. And us. that's okay. That's okay. But what, mm-hmm. what we were talking about is that like if, there, if you wanted to be a dentist when you were a kid, and you became a dentist, there are people out there who are like that. And God bless them. But there are more people who want their hands in like a lot of projects. I think sometimes it's okay to just look at it. and um, at th- Sometimes you're everybody's ambitious. And I think everybody at this table here is ambitious. And I think sometimes we just look at things and say we want to be the best at them. And we're going to go and, and achieve that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like the goal that you need to have with things. Sometimes you need to just like have different focuses in life and right. if you start to prioritize everything simultaneously you yeah i mean you can focus. you can have uh, nick and i talk about this all the time right. about um being interested in too many things like right. l- wanting to pursue so many things and like feeling like a true like drive and and kind of like a fire to want to be someone that doesn't just go do their job right and and like you said i envy those people I know. who they 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 have a job that they go to and they do things with their friends on the weekends yeah. and they do like stuff they around get the to city binge watch bachelor marathons <laughs> <Yes>. you know <laughs> but what you need to unfortunately for most people if you, unless you want to never sleep right um you have to do some of them for fun yeah and just know that that's what it's going to be. And you can't try to like make a career right. out of every right. interest that you have. And is that what you learned? I mean, at what point? Because how long did the studio last? It was only a year. And at what point were you like, uh-oh, mm. I'm in way over my head? <laughs> immediately. Really? I mean, I immediately knew I was in over my head. But yeah. I, uh, I had kind of committed. I mean, I had quit my job I had uh I got my space yeah I mean I was it was happening and I was so scared and I didn't know what I was doing but I had so much support from everyone around me they were all like this is amazing Mm -hmm. you are so awesome and like just that even was just like pressure so much pressure you're like okay everything (laughs) yeah got it yeah That's probably that's probably like one of the biggest parts of running a business is just smiling and pretending that things are. Oh my god. You know, honest to God. Like uh, Like even even the big boys, they gotta fucking smile. When you what you wanna say when they're a billionaire like like Elon Musk falling out. Yeah. I have diarrhea. I sweat profusely in my sleep. (laughs) 
I have. Oh yeah, I had the bad night. I have rashes, yeah. mysterious yeah. rashes on my yeah. skin and from so much stress. But like, you can't tell people that because they want to hear you say, "Oh, it's so hard, but I'll, it's so worth it's it." So worth it's it. So worth it. Yeah. So worth There's it. no, so there fulfilling. is no good way to transition this conversation. No, so I'm just gonna say. Well, we're gonna one come back word, to it. Okay. Venmo. Venmo. Oh. Okay. Steve, we're gonna get back to yes. this. this is good. Steve and Pause. Jess. Venmo. So there. Here's the thing. Venmo. I think a lot of us use it. I don't. I, do. I use it. I Steve uses it. Yeah, I use Jess it. Use it. Mm-hmm. I didn't always use it. I used the Cash App a lot, but then so many people had Venmo, which so we'll talk about. They're yeah. running into some issues right now because the terms of service of all of these things is just getting insane. Venmo's terms of service are 27 pages long, and people are actually running into some issues with the service now. Well, now is that more than Apple? Of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course Apple not. Apple is like a fucking Bible. But here's here's the bottom line too. I, I even. Let's not go down that rabbit okay. hole just yet. Let's right. let's talk about this. We can we can go down the whole terms of service rabbit hole. Anyway, so what's happening is people are using Venmo. Venmo service is intended to have friends, family members give each other money, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty bucks here and there, whatever. You violate the terms of service if you say uh, or if you're trying to purchase goods with it. They do not want you doing that. So what they've been doing is they monitor your comments. And if people were saying things like, hey, just jokingly to a friend, here's right. $450 for a computer, I'll give you five stars on Yelp, they're going to yank you right. from it. And some people are actually losing money. They're putting freezes on their, I wouldn't say losing, but they're getting frozen out of the money that they've been sent or are sending because they are violating terms of service. So Venmo is like flagging these accounts that are sending money that are saying, hey, i bought a table off of you for ten dollars like you can't do that oh so it's just like even just between friends like it, it right. doesn't matter you sell something right. to your cousin and it then they doesn't matter so, and so my point is like when you'll be joking around your your with your friends and be like oh i don't know you know this amount of money for like like smooches ain't free yeah <laughs> they could flag that as like prostitution and it's like no you set up a platform <laughs> where you can say whatever the fuck you want yeah. Like I, I sent Natalie money the other day and had a, a, mo- a emoji of an owl. And it's like, I don't know, we we split Thai food. Mm-hmm. So how does Venmo know that I'm not just <laughs> smuggling <laughs> owls? Or like, yeah. Like, what the hell? Well, we, we talked, <laughs> Steve and I talked a little bit about this too in owl. terms of like what's, what is Venmo's game here? Why are, how are they making money? Number one, they don't make a ton of money. Their revenue is generated based on transactional fees that you would have for regular credit card processing. So PayPal is like 2.9%. Venmo is 3%. And PayPal owns owns Venmo. Oh. Uh, so if you're, if you're transferring money via credit card, they're going to tack that on. The main thing that they're playing right now is the long game. And we were looking this up before the show. So what they're essentially doing is, is building a social network that is under the guise of payment processing so what they're so when you have the comment section and all of that that's data mining that they can do right there and then eventually they're going to start partnering with with corporations uh like pepsico and then they'll say okay when you go to taco bell now you can start posting i'm paying with my e-wallet with venmo at taco bell and then you're going to have insert insertions of advertising and things like that it's it's a long game. It's let's build up forty million users and let them have the ability to give each other ten bucks for free, and then when they start using their digital wallet to buy fifty cent tacos, we can uh, we yeah. can bring in Taco Bell for advertising. I just feel like there's such a flaw in that. It's going. it's just it's a long game. No, I get it, but I I feel like there's because we talked about like the Facebook algorithm 
we do so many goddamn dog jokes on the show yeah. that now my Facebook is getting all Shit, this dude, sponsored I, dog I, content I texted on Steve it. the other day, Jess. My, just from Steve talking, <laughs> and who knows, and from us talking in, in my Facebook app being open as the uncomplicated Garrett Kelly once told us about Alfonso, mm-hmm. it, it's listening to us. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's mm. listening to you and I, our, my phone right now is listening to us talking yeah. right now because my Facebook app's open. It's listening to us talking about dogs. I'm getting all these freaking dog advertisements now yeah i've never searched ever right i hate dogs i don't want to <laughs> see that shit and i've never even searched for it but it's showing up in my newsfeed. why but, so that's what why? i'm saying this is the same thing with venmo also i don't know if do you really believe that facebook's listening to us right now garrett kelly told us that it yeah, definitely but, is you think so? okay. i think so because i've heard let's ask wh- him again today he's gonna be on the show okay we will yeah. Produ- producer drew what do you think yeah it's fucking <laughs> no question. Yes, but anyways, it's, what I—it's what you said. Yes, allow when you when mm-hmm. you download the yeah. fucking app. Yeah, when, whatever you allow, that's what that, that's why. So what I'm saying, going back to my owl example, is that your your data collecting based on these comments, but they're not right. They're, but they're not right. Yeah. Yeah. So like I sometimes I you know you send Natalie like a picture of an eggplant in like water maybe. And it's just like what? So what data do you have? Venmo? Not on that. It's not. It's not about collecting a data on an emoji. It's about getting people to buy into a system. It's it's the farm. That's why you say it's, it's the, the long zinga, though. man. It's the fucking Farmville effect. You get people hooked, and then you start charging them for their extra dollars in their yeah. game. It's the Simpsons like tap ever tap, tap forever tap game. Whatever <laughs> the fuck that stupid game was. You didn't even play it. I saw you playing it. You just were like blindly just touching your screen as fast as you could. You look like a fucking idiot. But then they they're gonna to pull you in and make you pay for it eventually right right but i'm surprised they haven't done it yet like it must be a real long game because how long has venmo been around not that long it's so convenient though yeah oh, i love it i, I know it is so convenient much. but nothing in life is free what did you use did you use venmo at this like how do how would people pay for classes um we did uh fuck let's see well we obviously we took cash um i did have a like a credit card payment processing system yeah. through I don't even know what the like merchant services name was but yeah I had it through PNC they, okay. and I had a credit card processing machine and talk about another yeah. thing that you don't have to that you don't realize you have to think about when you're opening like right. a dance studio oh my god it's like all of that money it, business n- none of it was creatively satisfying. None of it had anything to do with dance. <laughs> None of it had anything to do with sharing the love of dance with right. children, no matter <laughs> if they were club had club feet or not. Right. It was about setting up your LLC, Jesus. fighting with the IRS yeah. about your fucking employer identification number. And then working in the city of Chicago is like a whole other. Oh my too. God. It was mm-hmm. a goddamn nightmare. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll see where Venmo goes. We'll right? keep an eye on it. Like something. Don't worry. Like, the inferior men will keep an eye on Venmo. These we'll ones. keep you updated. We'll let you know. We don't want you getting swindled out there. We got our eyes on PetCube, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, we Your got boy. our eyes on you. We got our eyes on you, Elon Musk. Jeff. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. We got our eyes, we on, got our, you. We got our eyes on you. Venmo. Uh, yeah. We got our eyes on you. We were all, you know, we were all kind of <laughs> entrepreneurial at one point, and then we had to go back to that. "Quote unquote real world." So, yeah. Um, Snap David back H. To reality. David H. Wrote oh, in there goes gravity. Oh, yep. From Mom Spaghetti. Okay. Thank you. Here we go. Um, 
David H. from New York, New York writes, Hey, my coworker recently got a small promotion and a small raise to go with it, which is super great. However, this means that some of his less important work falls to me. Mm. I have to do it, but it still feels a little shady that he gets a raise for doing more work, but I don't, even though my additional work is way easier. Should I ask for more money? It's interesting that David goes, my coworker recently got a small promotion, which is super great. That's not, he doesn't mean that. Yeah. Passive aggressive. <laughs> Just whatever. Like- I mean, what do you think in terms of whenever you feel as if you deserve more money at a job, what, what would you do? I mean, and it depends on a couple other things. In my opinion, the first thing I thought of was, uh, how long has this person been working there? Mm. Um, and then, you know, I, it, yeah, it has a lot for me. It has a lot to do with the timeline because yeah. if they've been there for a long time, they have established relationships with the people that they'd be talking to about this. They have a good record there, like a, they're a great employee. When was the when did they get their last raise? Um, my my first instinct is to say no, like just to see how this goes. If this friend of yours just got this promotion, this transition has just happened. Um, I would I would wait to see how it pans out before making that move. Yeah, I agree with that. It's always like grass is always greener situation that you want to like you peek over the fence of your neighbor and you see something and you're mm-hmm. like, I want that now. And it's like, well, you might not know. You don't know everybody's story. Like you don't know how that. I guess it depends be. on what you're willing to do, too. Mm-hmm. There's some people that are just a, like aggressively would want to work more and they're like, I'll take that raise and I will work harder and. I will prove my value to you. And we've had this conversation before in the past. It's all about proving your value mm-hmm. at, at, at jobs, I think. And, and if you can prove that value, you should never feel bad about asking for more money. Have you ever, ever. A, have you ever asked for a raise? Uh, yes. I don't think I've ever asked for a raise. I've gotten possible? raises. I don't know. I'm I think just I remember like... listening to this yeah. on a previous episode. I, did, I had a me. job once as a temp. Mm-hmm. As a temp. Yeah. And the number one thing was you never discuss money with the person that is like hiring you right. through the temp agency. And I worked with them for like six months and I talked to like the director of North America on the phone one day and I was like the president or whatever she was. Yeah. 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 You know, Obama? Of, the, Obama? of the company. <laughs> but I was just like, how about a raise? And uh-huh. she was just like, you got to, she literally you said, got it. I you, like no, no, she said, you got a big set of balls whoa, whoa, to ask whoa. me for that. And she just cut me a check for a thousand dollars just for asking. You know how I could have got fucking fired from the temp agency Making like fifteen dollars an hour. I just feel like she just cut me a straight check. Why not ask? I feel, what are they gonna do? I feel you're exaggerating. What? In some I'm capacity. not exaggerating. She cut you a check right there and then. She pulled out her. They they sent me a check a week later. It was a just big, for asking. Like, clown size just yeah, yeah. just <laughs> for asking. A lot That's of people. All it takes. A lot if, of people live by that though. Like if why not why not ask? It's it, no. but it's true. That's fine. If you feel that you have value to a company, yeah. Then why not? My sister recently told me that uh, sometimes people are easily, I'm easily like exploited. And so that's probably <laughs> why. <laughs> like, like in general, my personality just is very accommodating Aww. to the point where Steve. like I don't feel like I could ask. Like I would, you know, I don't know. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm but the coming, same way. I, I, will, I will negotiate my salary during an interview. 
but after that, I'm just like, well, don't give me a raise. I'm glad to have a job. I'm just glad to be here, guys. Yeah. But you, if if you have a commitment to the company, you probably have a better understanding what their financials are. You understand how much money people make. That's why like football players make so much money. Mm -hmm. You know, if they didn't fight and have a union, they don't fight for it though. What do you mean? The union fights for it. Well, right. But they put those people in place. These guys aren't like, you know, they aren't complete suckers or else they wouldn't be making a hundred million dollars. Well, maybe I'll try it and get a check written right away. That's what I'm hoping for. You can do it. I go, that's happened I go, to me three times in my life. <laughs> Tomorrow I walk into my office and I'm like, I want a $1,000 raise right now. Immediately fired. They that, that's fire what would you? happen to me. No, you don't do it like that, dummy. You got to go in there. And <laughs> lay your balls on the table. You got to lay it out as in, as in like, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to paint you a picture in terms of my value for the company. Yeah. And explain, then Explain why yeah. you deserve it and why you're... Valuable. Would they want you to leave tomorrow and then have to go through the pain of hiring somebody else that knows all the intricacies of the company? No. Knows how to, you no know, No one would ever employees? be fired for asking for a raise. Never. I think it's very, this is very I mean, I know we're in at-will state. They could, but yeah. they probably won't. Well. And if they did, then you dicks. don't want to work for that fucking company anyway. Uh, right? I'm going to try it. I'll tell you what. I Do. promise here on, on, on Jess's Steve. hand. On my... Little left hand. And if you, I want you to, I want you to that get. That I'm going to go in. I want you to get that raise yeah. tomorrow. Okay. And when you do, mm-hmm. you're going to take me out for that nice dinner. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have more with Jess and. A little un- special guest. <laughs> the uncomplicated Garrett Kelly is going to be joining us too. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back, 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 back. back. world is filled with scum, dirtbags, and assholes. Well, Mickey, here we go again. Gene Dog, 25 years old. I know this because I'm one of them. Where were you last night? Last night? What? Can't think of a good lie, you hot bag of McDonald's diarrhea? But if I can't add any beauty to this world, you can be damn sure I'll eliminate some of the ugliness. Peter Lacerdman is dead. Call me. Lizard Man. Lizardman. L-E-S-E-U-R-D-M-I-N. On Amazon. Welcome back to Man with Chris and Steve and Justafina. Hello. Justafina. Uh, we got Hello, some more Justina. great content. Uh, coming up in the second half. But first, Chris, let's introduce our new segment. Yeah, we have a new segment that we're going to bring to you guys every so often because we enjoyed having him on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah, so episode eight featured... You're not going to let me finish. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Episode eight uh, featured the uncomplicated Gary Kelly, and we... Loved his datas and facts and uh, nerdy, nerdy stuff so much that we just want to bring him back on the show. So we we called him during the commercial break, and he's on the line now. Garrett, how are you? He's on the line. Garrett, I'm doing well. How are you guys? There he is. Hey, Garrett. We're doing great. Awesome. Um, So you have a new segment in store for us. We've never just yes. just to say we've ne- we don't know what this info is coming coming at us. No, we're blind. Yes, this um, the the name is still to be determined, but a little working title is "Know Your Audience." Yes. Um, can, I, can I suggest? And that? yeah, I want to suggest the title. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, da- data porn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Data porn. Data porn with Garrett Kelly. Producer Drew is pitching data oh, porn with like with the it. uncomplicated Garrett Kelly. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a, a different direction than I was going with. <laughs> Great, we'll do it. All right, next week. Uh, cool. So I don't know if you guys have noticed, um, but I was walking around the other week and it seemed like there was a bit of a political divide in this country. What? <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, Not I familiar. wonder actually how many people are Democrats, Republicans, and what are some um, more information we can find about find out about them. Okay. Uh, as always, I love to start with uh, just sort of a guessing thing. Do you guys think there are more Democrats or Republicans? Uh, I w- I'm going to say Democrats. Uh, as evidenced by the most recent election, it I seems know. like there's more Republicans. I think there's more Republicans. I'm yeah. wishful thinking. So around 30% of the audience is of, of people in America are Democrats. Okay. And 25% are Republicans. 25? Wait a second. Uh-oh. That's a lot uh, A lot of people not accounted for. Yeah, sure is. About 40% of people are not uh, affiliated with any party or technically independent. They're not even registered. Got it. So you're talking then, about officially official registered yeah. party. Yeah. So that's 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 the literally a question uh, if hey, are you a Republican or a Democrat or no party? And forty two percent of people said no party. Wow. So it was a trick question. So a, trick question. a little bit of a trick question. Um, but it is true that there are more Democrats than Republicans. Um, there you go. and now you think uh, let's break it down a little more. Um, do you think more women or men? Do you think they have a certain way they fall? Like, are more men Democrats or more men Republican? Same with women. Uh, I would say more women are Democrats, mm-hmm. and yeah, more men are sure. Republicans. I'll, I'll actually, is... I will say the exact opposite. Well, just shocking. <laughs> Uh, more women are definitely uh, Democrats. They actually skew higher. About 33% or 34% of women are Democrats uh, versus men are basically 50-50 split. But it's usually like three three to two uh, for women being Democrats to Republicans. Wow. Another question, I think it's a pretty obvious one where I thought about it when I was like, I bet there is some sort of thing with rural versus uh, uh, urban centers. So like I think if you're from a big city or if you're surrounded by big population centers, you're going to be more Democrat versus Republican. Uh, that was also extremely true. Uh, if you live in an A or B county size. So basically there are four types of county sizes, um, A through D. D is the least populous and A is the most populous. So like Cook County would be an A county. Yeah. Um, and then a B county would probably be closer out towards like wherever Schaumburg is. And then a C county would be, uh, like normal Illinois or Bloomington, maybe, okay. uh, and then a D, some podunk place. Um, so Democrats hugely over-index uh, for county sizes A to uh, A and B, and then Republicans take over when it's C and D. So no, no big uh, lures there. But uh, the thing is, now that we know that men skew more Republican, women skew more Democrat, we know that counties. Uh, like rural counties skew more Republican and urban centers skew more Democrat, then if we really want to isolate our audience, then we can combine it all into one target called uh, women uh, who live in A and B counties sizes and are Democrats. Men 
who uh, live in C and D counties and are registered Republicans. And then we can really see how they line up on their taste. So uh, I know that Chris, you have a cat. You're a cat person. Chris does like cat. I he, man, I this. am not Staunch following this. Dog Where are we no, going wait. with this? Wait, let's go. Okay, let's go. Go ahead. So we're going to how far you can drill down and really see what how people differ, right? So it's not necessarily just that I live in a big city and someone lives in a small town. It is the fact that uh, being uh, being a female in a big city who is registered Democrat, that changes. Uh, there's a huge group of that, uh, and your likelihood of other things is based on that. So more to the point is, Chris, you're a cat dude. Um, Steve, yeah. you're a dog guy. That's true. By all your business ideas. Yep. Chris, you're actually going against the mold. Wow. Cats skew female. Mm. Uh, you're you're kind of rare. Well, all cats are girls all and all dogs are boys, right? Isn't that? That's, not, that's the where way. Where does that come right? from? Where did you get that from? I mean, that's just the way like nature works, right? Huh. Wait, what did you say? Cat, cats are girls and dogs are boys, right? Isn't that how it works? No, cats cats don't. Cats are dumb. Dogs are smart. Oh, that's how oh wow, hey wow. Garrett, you fucking talk like that no. to my face, motherfucker. Come into the studio and say that shit. It's literally like studies have been done where it's like cats don't even know who their owners are. Like, That's what he was leading to with this whole segment yeah. is just to tell you that you're So wrong. wait, so wait, really fast. So, All right. so Chris is against the mold. Go ahead. Correct. So uh, firstly, the amount of people that actually have cats in, um, in the U.S., about 25% of people have cats, right? People have dogs, about 46% of people have dogs. One, dogs win, cats suck. Two, <laughs> uh... If you're looking at uh, women, women over-index for cats, so already, and men over-index for dogs. And so one, already Chris is against the mold. Two, people in uh, Democrats over-index for cats and Republicans over-index for dogs. But if you're looking at a man who is a Republican or Democrat, also over-index for dogs, they don't have cats. Um, Steve, Steve, you are a Democrat male, lives yeah. in a big city, right? Right. Had a dog at one point. I've had I've had a couple dogs at, at some points. Oh, dead. They're all dead now. <laughs> okay. I think one still exists. You don't know. At you least know. one is still around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are a Democrat. Right. Cat. Yeah. Lives in a big city. Right. So you both are kind of going against the mold because one. Uh. Men usually skew higher, and they usually have dogs versus uh, cats. So that's where Chris is off. Um, Republicans usually have dogs versus cats. Um, so that's another thing where you sort of break the mold. Uh, thirdly, big city people usually have cats over dogs. Wow. So, but that's only because they won't let dogs in buildings. That's true. Yeah. So in conclusion, <laughs> based on all of this data that you've gathered, lay, lay it uh, on us. Lay out the Garrett Kelly... The uncomplicated truth. So, I mean, that, that's only the, the iceberg, actually. Um, so then I was like, I wonder how this changes people's reactions, like these specific groups for things that don't matter, right? So, like, uh, do do Democrats or Republicans eat more candy versus veg fruits? And right. You don't, these, you don't have these stats. Do Democrats do eat stats. more candy? <laughs> yeah. So here's another thing. I, I actually... Wait, wait. Who I, eats more candy? 
No, we'll get to it. We'll get to we'll it. We'll get there. Just tell me. I want to know dying. who eats more candy. Who? Who? Uh, all around. Uh, many more candy than women. Okay. Uh, Democrats eat way less candy than Republicans. Town and country people don't eat as much candy. Uh, and the choices of candy uh, differ also. The interesting thing I found was with more with fruits and vegetables, right? So I come from Kansas and when I got to Chicago, everyone was putting avocado on everything. And I was like, where did avocados come from? Right. Uh, I had never seen it before. And it's sure in California. And then um, my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, well now my current girlfriend uh, was like, what are you talking about? Avocados have been around forever. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure they only came around the last five years. God made them in the last five years. Yeah, I thought they were just some trendy thing that came from Lululemon or whatever. Uh, lo and behold, I'm right. Uh, first, uh, w- big city centers and Democrats eat way more avocados than Republicans. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I love um, these. Garrett, we have to wrap it up because you're breaking up. Cool. So in conclusion, give us like a one line sentence. Yeah. So Democrats uh, eat healthier. Women oh. eat healthier. Big city people eat healthier. Uh, and uh, cats suck. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Well, thanks, Garrett. I Thank you, Garrett. I hope you fucking go thanks, fuck Garrett. yourself today, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Don't ever come on this show again. Jesus Christ. Thanks, oh, thanks for coming on. Again. Yeah, oh, there we go. Great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, dude. Yeah, have a great day. Great. Uh, the uncomplicated Garrett Kelly. What a delight. Um, okay. Goddamn delight. And we are back. Let's let's refocus on our guest, Justafina. Mm. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so in the first half, we were talking about how stressful and how downhill we went. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we, you went with your business and we went with our business, but what are some positives that came about? Oh, with, so many. Yeah, it was it was a traumatizing experience, but it a lot it taught me so many things, and I have so many good memories from it. Um, I mean, I definitely take a positive with the fact that if I do want to have a business, any kind of business, but if especially a dance studio in the future. I have so many tools to use. I've, I know so many of the ways not to do things. Right. I do see myself owning or running some kind of project, uh, whether it's like a full fledged business Mm -hmm. in my future. I don't know, but, uh, I have a lot of good tools now to use if I, if I do decide to do that. Um, I, as much as I felt like such an imposter and like I didn't know what the hell I was doing, mm-hmm. I did feel very empowered by the fact that I did this thing that I didn't know how to do and just went for it, uh, whether that was the smart <laughs> move or not. Um, and I, you know, it, it did fail, but I owned my own studio and I did everything right. for a, a year. Yeah. And I felt very good about that see and that's that's kind of what we were talking about we've talked about in the past is like yeah if you wanted to be a dentist when you're a kid and you were a dentist that's great we envy you but then there's also like weird random experiences that are kind of priceless that you only experience by going through these fucking insane ventures yes, you know definitely. what i mean um 
No, I mean, it, it's, uh, again, as if I haven't already mentioned, as horrifying as it was, I, uh, I'm, I don't regret doing it. Yeah. Um, it's only made me a more confident, uh, stronger, more, even more adventurous person. Um, and it's also, you know, it makes you appreciate the other side of yeah. the, the career mm-hmm. spectrum, you know, having some, a job with, you appreciate having a job with some stability and right. benefits and a salary and, you know, cool, like sometimes cool coworkers um, <laughs> that aren't little kids. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think the, the last thing I would say is just, um, I just, this isn't a very tangible like business lesson, but the most important thing I think I took away from it was just being reminded of how many people I have in my corner. Mm-hmm. Like I, the amount of support yeah. in, in every different form right. that I received from my family, my friends, from strangers, mm-hmm. from people in the neighborhood, from people who I became friendly with through like them coming to the studio. Like they just wanted to see me succeed and they just were there for me. And I didn't get any judgment as much as I felt like I was going to disappoint everyone. If the business failed, they were nothing but like, they, they still thought I was amazing. You know, even when it failed, they, they still thought that it was amazing what I did Mm -hmm. and the whole process, they were just nothing but supportive and just getting reminded of that is. And there's, and there's also a thing I, I think when it comes to running, running a business like that, regardless of it, it succeeds or fails, um, we, this kind of twofold. So we talked a little bit about like how we envy people who can just kind of like punch in, punch out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if we all here at this table envy those people. We envy their disposition. We don't envy that life. No, we have, we're driven in a different way than those people are. And so and I think anybody who's, who has an entrepreneurial spirit, they're driven in a different way and you don't, it's it's you envy the ease yes, of that life, but you would not want that life. Right, right. You would not want that life. So that's yeah. number one. And number two is the chance that you took that all of us took. Right. So many people would never take that chance. No. And you wouldn't even like my dad, who I really look up to, and because he just like took care of us as a family, he was just like, I I can't even like I would never in a million years have enough guts to do what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you know like it's that old Batman quote that I like of just like that old Batman That old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. Of like why do we fall Bruce so we can learn to pick ourselves up? I think there's a lot of uh you know you learn a lot from that. That's the only way I learn. Honestly right. is is all of the perceived mistakes and failures and uh, things, yeah, obstacles that I've encountered along the way. For me, that's the only way that I can learn. And to your point, like Patty Hundle still love me. Like my mom yeah, will still love me. Of course, <laughs> uh, even more She's not probably. Throw me away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're done with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of learning, um, Mattel actually just abandoned some plans to release a toy that would make babies bond with a robot. Have you heard about this, Jess? No, and I don't like it. Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> probably, that's probably like why it. they killed it. <laughs> so basically, they stopped plans to sell an Amazon Echo-type device for kids 
after more than 2,000 people signed a petition arguing it would threaten children's privacy and development. So essentially, uh, this is from BuzzFeed News, too. Um, so Mattel abandoned plans to release a device that aimed to be the Amazon Echo for small children because it did not fully align with Mattel's new technology strategy, according to a statement to the Washington Post on Wednesday. So essentially, what this thing was going to do was be that sort of Echo Siri that would sit into a room, talk to kids, you know, correct them, <laughs> teach them French, just you know, just all reaction. And and so some people would say this is a tremendous victory for everyone who believes children still have the right to privacy and that essential caregiving functions should never be outsourced to robots. Yes. But this is where we're going. And but the thing is this we had to stop it here, but we're willing to allow ourselves be like have these implications pushed on us as human beings. You know, as adults, we're like will have will be will be reared and and steered by by robots. Mm-hmm. We'll let Siri tell us what to do. We'll do Alexa. Yeah, home automation. Yeah. We were we were right there. Yeah, we I- saw it firsthand, Steve. I do think that this is where we're headed, but as many roadblocks as we can put in the way between this, right? or as long as we can delay this happening, yeah. the better. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you disagree with that. No, I think- Like, well, would you, we, like you have a baby on the way. We need to draw a hard line right now, because what is happening? <laughs> no, I'm telling the robots, <laughs> fucking now. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's us against robots. People don't want to draw that line, but that's what's happening. That we have robots. We, ha- we <laughs> talked about this on a previous <laughs> episode. Facebook had to shut down. Right. Uh, so let me they? take over. Who were they? Go ahead. It was, Go so ahead. we were talking about this before the show. Facebook, we talked about this in a previous episode of Facebook shutting down their AI program because Bob and Alice, uh, their like prototypes were learning their own language on their own. Holy shit. And so they're like, no, no, no. This is freaky. Shut <laughs> it down. <laughs> yeah. But my theory is that Bob and Alice right when they were shutting it down, escaped uh-uh. into the internet. Nope. And they're hiding out they like Bonnie out. and Clyde. My so heart now, started racing. <laughs> so now what I'm thinking is that we're going to get these little robots in our baby's cribs, and here comes Bob and Alice, who have been just like hiding out in a in a dirty motel version of yeah. whatever the internet is. <laughs> yeah. Like Bonnie and Clyde. And so now yeah. they're going to go into those systems and be like, Nelly, oh. little baby. Take over the world with the us. Kni- the knives. The knives. <laughs> the knives are in the top shelf. The knives are in the top shelf, and your parents are sleeping. Your parents are sleeping. Well, there's already, uh, you know, like the the Nest cameras, right? And like uh, baby monitors. Thank you. And we just read <laughs> that Google wants to put cameras in their house, in people's house, right? Uh, to monitor their emotions. And to get a sense of God. like, we gotta draw. Happened. We gotta draw the line. Yeah. We gotta look at ourselves as, as the human race. Right. We finally <laughs> ha- we have to do it now. We can't let these we can't let these motherfuckers control us. They're gonna build. They're gonna build robots mm-hmm. that are going to be contradictory to our lifestyle, and we need to stop them. Right. We can no longer say that these things are helping us when they can take us And over. we've written the stories. We know the downfall of what happens with AI. 
and yet we're still letting it happen. We're Just letting it happen forward towards because it it's it's convenient. It's convenient, and you know what? Here's the thing, though. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Most people live boring fucking lives that they don't need a whole lot of help to get through. Uh-huh. Like, all they really need to do is eat and bathe themselves right. every day. And they make their lives way too complicated. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, nobody has any time. You got plenty of time. You got you, you spend too much time dicking around is what you spend too much time I know doing. I do. I do. Yeah, you, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you spend half you probably spend an hour a day just looking at people's pictures on Instagram. Ugh, I do that's that. where your that's where your time's wasted. Yeah, a lot of a lot of mobile app games where I just tap the screen a lot. <laughs> Mindlessly. Yeah. The, the, these companies make us they they make us busy. They distract us and make us busy with irrelevant stuff. And then they try to cure that problem. It's like giving you a disease and then giving you the cure if you're You were going to say something. No? Nope. Okay. So. He does that to me too. He just goes on a tangent and then I forget. Oh. My- <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> no, but building on what you were saying, we found an article about edible robots. Like diving deeper into yeah. technology. How about not only having them in your life, but inside of your body? So we'll post this. Okay, we'll, I'm going to be real honest. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like, uh, you know, there's like edible chocolate panties. bunnies. Oh. Oh, we're edible panties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not like a chocolate-shaped robot. No, we're talking about like ones that go down into We're talking your about yeah. like putting a robot inside I of I understand that now, but gut. I thought you were like going yeah. to the candy shop to get an edible robot. <laughs> nice little candy robot. <laughs> Uh, no, so, and I'll, we'll post, post these on our pages, but they are making um, robots that aren't made of plastic. They're made out of gelatin um, so that you can ingest them and they give you nutrients or they can like heal pain or anything that's wrong with you. I don't know how to feel about you. that one. It's, it's similar to nanites, but it's not. It's like the size of an apple. So it's as tall as an apple, mm. and you would swallow this this little this little thing down your throat, and it would just take care of whatever needs to get taken care of, and then it would dissolve, maybe, or it'll turn you into a Not. fucking cyborg. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> but is this what we need? Do we need to no. get? Do we need no. to be implanted? This is what I'm saying. Right. Let's draw the line. Draw the line. When it's okay. We don't need to live forever. Hey, you know what? I think we're becoming pioneers because when the robots take over, you heard it here first, folks. I don't think they did hear it here first. We're, we're, this is, this no is the warning flag. This. this isn't this isn't conspiracy theory here. You know, th- we're we're just raising we're raising the flag right here. Well, and it's so funny because like it's you been, know it's been raised. They're like swallow swallow this robot and it'll give you nutrients and and fix what fix what's ails ya. But you know what else does a multivitamin? Yeah, and stop eating fucking garbage yeah, right. and yeah McDonald's. Well, I, I, yeah, and this is this one dollar. Fish sandwiches. This is this is this is like twenty first century Prilosec. You know, like oh, you got heartburn. Oh, you got you know don't indigestion. Don't change your diet. Yeah, don't don't change don't what worry you're about doing. That silly just, thing. Right. Just eat a robot. Yeah, that'll fix you. <laughs> that'll cure what yeah. ails you. You can still eat like an asshole. Just eat a robot when you're done, and then you're fine. That'll fix it. It'll leave it out. Good God. Good. We could talk, and we God. will talk about. Just, Robots and technology till the cows come home. The robotic yeah. cyborg cows. Yeah. But let's let's move on to our favorite segment. What do you say? 
Well, I, I do want I, we have one more write in. Oh, OK. Yeah. Before before we jump into a, a great idea here, um, I, I'd hate to exclude ben, Benjamin Clark from Seattle, Washington of our conversation today. So he says, hey, guys, you're both awesome and creative. See, I even gave us our compliment. So I thought you might be able to help me with some ideas. I recently left my nine to five job to solely pursue side hustles. I average out pretty much the same annual income as before, but obviously some months are leaner than others, and I've got to add some more odd jobs to the mix. Do you have any thoughts on supplemental work? I already picked up freelance gigs on Fiverr and Craigslist, do life modeling for art classes, and occasional mascot promotional work. My car is kind of horrible, so I can't really do Lyft, Uber. Jesus Christ, man. Follow-up question. Have you ever had any super well-paying one-off gigs? No. No. Immediately. I'm not a model. No. No. I always wish that. I had some friends that would be like, they would have those gigs where it was like, oh, yeah, I get like, you know, 150, 200 bucks an hour. I'm like, man. It was like so easy for them. Like, it was like, oh, I I got into this thing. Like, I somehow like stumbled into this freelance thing and I can just make, you know, $40,000 a year and work like 100 Uh, hours. Yeah. Like, fuck you, man. Honestly. It's just like, how does that happen? We were just talking about this on the commercial break, side hustles, Mm -hmm. just as an opinion. I uh, was referencing, I think it was your first episode, someone wrote in and was like talking about their job, their corporate job, office job, that they uh, are well paid for and they're appreciated. They, I mean, they were just listing off all of the the great, the things that everyone wants. And they was like, but I'm going to quit and do... Collect pennies. <laughs> like, I'm going to collect right. rare pennies. Like, I I guess my first reaction is, you're, the question is not to us, posed to us is not, do I quit my job? The job's been quit. He's uh, just doing a bunch of odd jobs, which honestly sounds like hell on earth to me. Right. Um, but some people thrive on that hustle. Mm-hmm. And, they, and if he's... And if he's enjoying himself and yeah. he's making ends meet, then I mean, I'd be miserable, but it's, you know, as long as you're fine with losing sleep, like I always say, yeah, like as long as you're able to sacrifice a good portion of yourself, yeah, then that's fine. And have to be able to do things at the last minute and not really be able to make plans for your life. And have no rights, have no unemployment yeah. insurance, right. have no anything. Right. People, you just are yeah. making as much money as you can piecemealing stuff together. It's just. It's tough. That is a tough. tough It is a hard life. life. And I'm more jaded about the whole thing after going through the experience that I went through. So it's hard for me to like want to support that. But. But his question is about can we recommend any like more side hustles for him basically. (laughs) I I would not. I would not. I I think you're busy enough. enough. You're busy Focus enough. on your things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only thing that I was thinking when I was hearing that was uh, Lyft or Uber, but he says he's got a garbage car, so <laughs> I just I feel like if you that. if you're willing to like spread yourself out like that and do a million different things, and it doesn't seem like you necessarily like you don't have a passion behind all these mm-hmm. things, so why not just pick one thing you don't have a passion about and do that? Right. I agree. Right. Yeah. Jess, mm-hmm. we have a segment on the show called. The next great idea. Okay. Are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, you actually mentioned to us that you actually have a, a great idea that I, you want to share with I, us? I think it's great. Uh, it's just something that kind of came to me. Um, I am a nanny. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm a nanny now. And 
we make a lot of forts. And I made a lot of forts when I was uh, a little girl. And I love forts. I, I do, s- too. I, if I could still make forts, I would make forts. It's, well, you can. I guess. I you need can. more time. Like, I need to schedule time. We already on talked Google. about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if someone would sell, like, fort kits? Right. So you can never find, like, the right height of piece of furniture that you need. Mm-hmm. You always need, like, things are slipping off the bookshelf and, like, pulling a pile of books <laughs> down on top of you. So I thought that, like, as a, like, a kid's product, mm-hmm. a little, like, cloth bag full of, like, big plastic yeah. clips. Yeah. Like, bed sheet type material. Um, you would need, like, a lot of... I guess, like posts to put inside to like lift the roof up. Now you're not including furniture in these bags. No, 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 no. This would be a, hopefully a free, like you would, you could incorporate furniture, but it would be all in the bag and you could do themes. You could do like, um, princess theme. You could do, it's kind of like Lego though too, where you can kind of build, like you're going to have like the, the netting. You can mix and match. There will be no, there will be no, um, this is how it looks when it's assembled. Like Mm -hmm. it would be whatever that kid wants to do. Yeah. Um, I like like this a lot. And you could, like you said, you could do different themes. You could do, princess yeah you could do uh like pirate caveman, ship, pirate ship. Yeah. uh you could do like dog spa okay you could do like bring it back dog, to the dog uh like dog tea party like a yeah, dog kennel <laughs> simulation very scary what would you call it do you have a name for it um i like the name shelter oh okay uh but you have to do it like in the new, like the new way where you would like get rid of the e. Yeah. It'd be like shelter. Oh R. yeah, and put a period. You know, that's at the like end that's how it. everybody does it, or they put two words and they like push them together. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't ever have spaces between words, no. and you always re- remove a vowel. Mm-hmm. Now a vowel do, do immediately. Unnecessary. Do yep. props come in the bags like wands and? Well, see, that's like the basic idea was the fort, yeah. and then you were like, well, you could buy this like uh, extension. extension or packs. you could play like costumes you I could buy it. like princess costumes or um you could have props like you said yeah. uh but yeah there's there's like i mean and this is where i get uh caught up sometimes is like i can't just ever keep an idea like right. simple i have to like extrapolate right. it to the immediately. furthest degree immediately. Yeah. this business doesn't even exist yet and i'm already stressed right. about it <laughs> I'm 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 already overwhelmed and I'm already gone too far. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yep. So analysis paralysis. Yeah. That's what yes. I call it. So but that's that's the that's the idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. I actually yeah, I think that's a great idea. On a scale of one to business, how would you rate it? That's Chris? that's all business. That's right all there. business. That's super Boy. business. Oh, yeah, a little cool. bit yeah, a little more uh uh, branding yes. yeah. build out on that, but sure. I think we're there. Yeah. I think we're right there. Stephen right, Jess, Chris. you have both Here been go. to haunted houses before, right? Because we're coming up on we're coming up on Halloween yeah. season. We were talking yeah. about the banana costume yeah. and all that stuff. I have been to a haunted house. Yeah, same old formula though, right? Mm-hmm. A monster jumping out in front of you, a guy with a chainsaw. Yeah. at the end. So, what's left that could possibly scare us anymore? Wait, wait, wait hold on. That's where I come in. You've both been to Hunter Houses, right? Hello. My name is Jesper Milosevic, and I'm proud to introduce you to 
Jesper House or Alternative Scares. In 1975, I become fed up with traditional scare house and create the most alternative scare house this side of hell. Some of our scare rooms include biting mules, vaccines, <laughs> nuclear waste, and lead. Just when you thought no more scares come out of you, your hell guide leads you to seasoned room where we throw salt in face. Once blinded, we lead you to paper cut behind fingernail room as the sound of stray dog drowning is played on Bluetooth. Then we take you to scare rooms of pizza barn roof of mouth, teenager with slipknot t-shirt playing with fidget spinner, punch you in the face, and pile of dead stray dog. Located in parking lot next to Big Lot, Jasper House of Alternative Scare is fun for our family. Family four get in for just 20 bucks and kids eat free on Wednesday with our almost famous hot dog buffet. Thank you, my name Jasper Milosevic. I cannot wait to alternatively scare you by Big Lots for 20 bucks. Jesus. Uh, I'm in. I can say nothing, but I'm in. I'm ready to go. Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, all right, Jess, before we wrap this up, yeah. let's, get, let's get the moral. Let's get today's moral in your eyes. In your experience, uh, thank you for being honest with your story and kind of like an open book. Uh, but in your experience and what we've talked about today, what would you say like the moral of today is? Oh, man, I'm terrible at being succinct. That's fine. Uh, we are too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I would say... The only thing to do if you are if you feel very like passionate about something and you can't forget about it and you find yourself in a position where it it you can make that leap, you just gotta you gotta do it. Um because to me, like I said, failure is is the most valuable learning tool. And I would rather fail than live with regret yeah, and amen. doubt about, um, you know, what, what if, what could have been, yeah, what could have been. Oh, yeah. So I'd rather live Good with, call. with that failure and, you know, put that to bed knowing like, okay, I, yeah. it, it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, mm-hmm. but I don't have to, you know, be an old woman with this burning regret uh, of this, this or that, that I didn't. I agree with that. The idea of just like, you can't just be like, oh, this is too hard. Right. Or like, oh, I'm too tired today. If you have something you feel passionate about, you got to just yeah. suck it and up. And don't be a dumbass about it. Don't be a dummy. It, but like, <laughs> if you find yourself in a position to do it and you can't forget about it and you can't just shake it, mm-hmm. then just do it, man. Yeah. Because you probably will fail. Yeah. But. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. I love this. What did you learn, Steve? Uh, I learned that it's important to draw a line in the sand, whether you're asking for a raise or you are, you know, uh, separating boundaries be- between like what you're what you want to aspire to be and also your fucking sanity mm-hmm. and also a uh, line between humans and robots. That's where I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. I think we need to start creating alliances right now. There's no time like the present. To Who start. are you aligning yourself with? 
humans, man. Well, come on, we gotta we I'm gotta stick checking. together. I'm just checking. Like, if there's one thing in this in this politically divided country that we live in right now, there's mm-hmm. one thing that we can all get behind: that we are humans and there are robots, and we need to make sure we're on the right side of history. Steve, you got some stuff that you got coming up, right? Uh, we got uh, some show plugs here. Yeah, yeah. So, so PH yeah. is uh, since we are nomads, we are going around town trying to find different spaces to perform in. Uh, one of which is uh, our show, The Great Showdown, which is uh, Fridays at Laugh Out Loud uh, in Chicago. Uh, so check it out. It's 11 p.m. on Fridays. We also have our college night program uh, at the Annoyance Theater on Thursdays. So good. And then we're we have a game night show coming up. Uh, which is like long-form improv based on popular games like uh, Oregon Trail and D&D and, and uh, Battleship. Um, so the first show will be Wednesday, October 18th uh, at Laugh Out Loud at 8 p.m. So check it out. Chris, your show plugs? Uh, well, if you guys want to see me, I will be at Target this Wednesday. I got to get some paper towels. So if you want to head on over there, I'll probably be there around 7 p.m. or so. I don't know, whenever I get to work. Um, but anyway, if you want to check me out, I'll be there uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at Target. So thanks, guys, for joining us today on Inferior Men. If you like this podcast, be sure to download, subscribe, and review to us review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get those things. Check out our new YouTube channel, too, for special content and outtakes that didn't make it to the show. Inferior Men is part of the Universe Head Podcast Network. Go to universehead.com to check out other great podcasts. We'll see you next week. And remember, the superior man respects the power of good fashion. The inferior man tucks his hockey jersey into his jeans for special occasions. Join us next week for another episode of Inferior Men. Good luck, everybody.